Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Man, all this convention talk sounds fun. If you couldn't have been there in Vegas, but you want to be there in New York this September, Labor Day weekend, the 2nd through the 4th of September at the Jacob Javits Center in New York City, uh, you still can make it if you slap down your credit card and book a flight. But if you are on a budget or you want to roll the dice, you can um, try to win tickets uh, through, through us, through me. Through me personally, I am personally going to send you out there. What you need to do is go to cbs.com slash Star Trek and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. cbs.com slash Star Trek, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then there is a big fat banner link that says Chance to Win. Click on that, fill it all out, and then, uh, and then uh, you know, send up a prayer to the wormhole aliens and hope that you win. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Engage. Engage. Kirk Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And to make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Hello. Yes. Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. And we're back. I am recording remotely from my living room because I just landed. I just got back from Lost Wages, Nevada, uh, from five rambunctious days of uh, the Star Trek convention in Vegas. And uh, it was really a lot of fun. You know, I want to say this about Star Trek conventions because when you look at it on the news, um, and there are, you know, or when you, you know, you read an article or you see something online and what kind of what makes the news are the panels, right? Um, uh, you know, George, George Takei said this, uh, Jerry Ryan said that there was a photo op here and that certainly is the draw and the thing that you can talk about because all the focus is on that. But time and again, when I talk to fans who come, their favorite thing is is just talking to other fans is just uh, you know just being with the other fans i know this is going to sound weird but some of the best memories i have of the convention this year is just from being online for the urinals in the men's room because everybody's having a really good time and uh even though you don't know everybody you know that they're like-minded and everybody's friendly and a lot of people are dressed up in funny costumes and there's just people just chatting and laughing and having a good time for five days straight so i know i know um coming to the vegas convention you know it's pricey and you and you know it's it ain't cheap to fly out there and uh you know uh the rooms aren't that expensive but you get rooked you know three and a half dollars for a bottle of water i mean it's it sucks in vegas it really does but if you if you can if you can save up if you're a star trek fan and you've never done the vegas convention it's really special and part of what makes it special is that it's all in one spot 
which also sucks because the Rio Hotel is a little bit gross at times. Um, but if you stay at the Rio, uh, you can you can <laughs> you can never see the sun because uh, it's too hot to go outside anyway. You just stay there, and there's a zillion restaurants, and um, you, you know you go out drinking at night, carousing. I don't know what the single scene is. I was trying to find out. I'm a happily married man, but I'm, I was always curious to find out what the single scene is, and I do think there is something going on. Nobody wanted to go on the record. I asked some of the uh, some of the folks on the prowl. Uh, there was one gal who said she was traveling with a, a girlfriend, and her 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 friend was like on the move. You know, he, she was hitting bar to bar, and uh, her friend was like, "Yeah, do do whatever you want." Um, and it's pretty evenly split between uh, between women and men. I got to say, more so than you might think. And there also was this year um, a very uh, uh, notable uh, gay and lesbian uh, group that were meeting up. Uh, and in fact, that gives me a great segue because I discussed this topic with um, one of my guests. Now, um, I was able to corral some guests uh, to come and talk on Engage. I kind of really just yanked them away from the from the convention and and and, and uh, stole them for a little bit. So the first guest we had, um, we had a bunch of guests, and I'm going to present them in non-linear uh, fashion um, because I feel I'm trying to do themes here. So today's theme, uh, we're focusing a little bit on inclusion and diversity in Star Trek. Um, we had two guests that talked about this, uh, I thought, with great clarity. Uh, our first one is uh, Nana Visitor who played, I don't have to tell you, Major Kira. Um, And uh, no joke, I mean, really one of my favorite characters. Uh, And I'd never met her before. I've met a lot of the Star Trek cast, but I'd never met uh, Nana before. And if you go back to episode zero of Engage, you're going to hear me talk about how much I care about Major Kira. So let the record show that this ain't no jive. And um, I was... I don't want to say nervous, but I, I, I guess I was a little nervous. I'm a little rambly at the beginning of the interview, but then it gets better. Um, and I, I, uh, she was wonderful. Um, you know, listen, some celebrities, when you know, they're actors. I get it. They're not their characters, certainly. Uh, but also, some people deal with interviews different than others. Some people deal with fans different than others. Uh, some people like to come to this convention. <clears throat> and they sort of parachute in, do their gig, and they get the hell out of there. And that's totally fine. That's the way they want to do it. You know, I get that. Uh, and some like to mix it up with the fans. And Nana Visitor was one. She stayed for many days. Uh, she was roaming the halls. And she was taking photos with fans. Um, I even took a photo with her and a fan because when we left um, the little booth, uh, there was a person dressed as Major Kira, and she didn't see it. And I'm like, hey, look, over there, it's Major Kira. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, can I get a picture of the two? And she's like, of course. And we ran over there, and, and the gal that was dressed as Major Kira was flipping out. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look around on, on Twitter, and, you know, she had been posting pictures with people all week. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I should say, and also, you know, I had to, you know, you can't fake this sort of thing. I had to meet her somewhere and bring her over. The little room that I had, you know, the, the Star Trek convention is really, the way they do it, Creation Entertainment, the way they do it at the Rio is they, they put up a lot of great props, and they have great signage all over the place. There's lighting, there's sound effects, and it's a real experience as you're walking through the different rooms, the vendor rooms, and certainly the rooms where the, uh, where the, um, uh, uh, 
um, panels are. Um, and then I had like this, I was like in a little appendix. I was like at the very bottom and then off to the side, I had a tiny little room where I could record my podcast, which was great. I'm not complaining. I'm thrilled that I had a little space of my own, but it was like very quiet and cold. It was freezing in there and, uh, you know, and silent. And it was so strange to go from the madness of the convention and then go into that little room. So I had to find Nana, and we're t- t- texting one another, and I'm just like, I'm here, I'm surrounded by this. So I went and, and grabbed her, and then I walked her over, and, um, you know, I'm doing the walk and talk with her. And it's always, I know, I've, you know, I've been thinking about her for 20 years, um, but I, I never met her, and um, just so warm. Uh, and as people were walking by and recognizing her, just so friendly and stopping to talk to people, uh, you know, that's something that... Uh, that you can't fake. So that's my way of saying Nana Visitor is great. And you're going to hear an interview with her very soon uh, from a couple days ago uh, where we speak about uh, the character Major Kara, where we speak about going to conventions and where we speak about what's going on in her life right now. Uh, she's got an interesting project coming up, really interesting project with some really good people involved, too. Um, after that, I spoke to a woman by the name of Ashley Rudder, who runs Mac. She doesn't run Mac Cosmetics. She is the senior designer. Is that her? You're going to hear her exact title in a moment. She's the the big macher at from talent point of view um, at Mac Cosmetics. Now I don't know anything about cosmetics. Uh, it's really totally outside of my my normal um, ken, as they say. But Mac and Star Trek uh, have entered a joint. Uh, Licensing agreement, and at first I'm like, yeah, yeah, licensing agreement. What the hell does that have to do with me? But it's really, really cool. And if you listen to some of the recaps from the convention directly, recap number two was with that wonderful collective, the Women at Warp, uh, which is for marvelous women from all over North America, Jara, Grace, Andy, and... uh, and, Wait, uh, Jara, Andy, Grace, and... um, Sue, Sue, of course, Sue, yeah, from New York, Sue. Uh, so they are uh, a podcast called The Women at Warp that you should listen to, uh, and they're fa- fabulous, and uh, they spoke quite, uh, spoke about what the Mac, um, uh, they had a whole um, display, and they had a panel, and then the Trekkie Girls, which was recap number three, they spoke about it as well. Uh, this new line of cosmetics that are Star Trek themed. They have a Deanna, they have a Seven of Nine, they have an Ahura, and they have a Vina, the Orion. Um, but they also just spoke about how the characters and how Star Trek have influenced what their makeup line is. Now, again, that's a little bit Greek to me, but when you hear Ashley talk about it, she makes she talks a pretty good game. But what was really cool was the um, display they had. They had a... a um, a booth. I, I hesitate to call it, just call it a booth. It was giant. It was the saucer of the Enterprise. It had 10 forward on there. It had a TOS transporter deck. And it had um, Seven of Nines. They had like a warp core with Seven of Nine there. Technically, Bellana should have been there, but they had, you know, Seven of Nine should have been in Astrometrics, but I wasn't going to tell them. And they had people in, not in costume, in character. Like I met Seven of Nine, and she was, I met the gal playing Seven of Nine, and she was in character. It was great. Uh, I went over to, to chat with her, and then she started talking at me, and like I got a chill. I got like freaked out. Like, wow, she really has the voice down, and she knows just what to say. And she was wearing the silver outfit, so yeah, that did a number on me. Um, so listen to what uh, 
Ashley has to say, too. And uh, the, the cosmetics are not yet available. They're available any day now. By this, the, in, we, in about a month, early September. Um, but, uh, yeah, I might just start, if I, if I was ever going to wear makeup, and, uh, you know, many men do, and that's, that's cool, uh, I would, uh, I would, I would, oh, I re- refuse to wear any makeup other than Max Star Trek line. Probably the Seven of Nine. I consider myself shiny and chrome, and I would want to go that way. Um, all right. So, did I, did, have I, have I prepped you enough for this episode? Yes, I think I have. Keep in mind that in the coming weeks, we're going to have more from the Vegas convention because I banked a lot of good stuff. And this is my way of being, I don't want to say lazy, I want to say frugal with my August. It's summer days, and I don't have to go into uh, Deck 44 every week. I can roll these out. We've got more stuff coming out soon with big guests like Robert Picardo, who was awesome, uh, Dominic Keating, uh, Connor Trenier, and... Um, the one and only Worf, Michael Dorn. We're going to save that one for last. And also some great people involved in Star Trek, uh, not as actors. Uh, we spoke to one of the most important people in Star Trek right now. is a woman whose name is not a household name, but it really should be. Her name is Sarah Gatos uh, from IDW Publishing. And she is m- so important to what's happening with Star Trek and is directly has directly influenced the movies in ways you don't realize um with the work that they're doing in filling out the uh the edges of the kelvin timeline and now they've got some new stuff coming up that's going to knock your socks off so we're going to talk with sarah also and other people so stay tuned over the next few weeks as we continue to bask in the afterglow of the star trek las vegas convention 2016 Star Trek fans are too smart to get screwed, to get rooked, to get ripped off by big video game. Those fat cat executives up there in their glass towers ripping off video game fans. No more. Not with Gamefly.com. When you play through a game, you're done with it. It's not like the old days. Back when I was a kid, we played Asteroids till our fingers were raw. But now uh, you play through a game and, uh, and then you're done. It's got like a story now. So when you're finished, send it back in the mail, just like Netflix. It's Gamefly.com. And if you go to Gamefly.com slash engage, uh, you get, uh, I don't know, you get some kind of deal. Um, so do it. Gamefly.com is the best, uh, the best way uh, to play video games and not get ripped off. The only way to play video games, Gamefly.com. This is Engage, Engage. the official Star Trek podcast. Okay, so we're now recording, and I just yanked her. She has her her luggage ready to go. You're like thought you were going to escape <laughs> on the way to the airport, and I'm like, wait, wait, Major Kira Norris, hold on. We need to have Nana Visitor on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. And thank you for coming. Welcome to Engage. Thank you. We are in, as you can see, a beautiful room with no, no decoration at all. 
but it is quiet compared to the rest of the uh, convention. It's quiet and it's got a high ceiling. It's not bad, I okay. have to say. As podcasts go, it's not bad. Not bad. Now, we are still a relatively new podcast, and we have had a lot of people on the show, some from the new movies. We had Simon Pegg on. We've had uh, you know Robert Picardo. We've had a lot of really uh, great guests. You are our first guest from Deep Space Nine. I'm honored. Thank you very much. And I'm really glad it's you because you are also, I'm not just saying it because you're here in front of me, you are my favorite character, character from Deep Space Nine. Thank you. I, one time, and this is really true, during the thick of Deep Space Nine, I was one time not being myself. I normally like to be a little upbeat and chipper, and the person I was with saying, what's the matter? And uh, I said, I don't want to tell you. And she's like, come on, tell me what's bugging you. And I said, you're going to make fun of me. She goes, what? And I go, I'm kind of worried about Major Kira. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want, and, and this, you can, if you wanted to, you could go back in the very first episode when I, of, of Engage, when I sort of introduced myself to the, to the listeners, and I talked about my love for, podcast, for, for Star Trek, um, a lot of it was, I deeply care for Major Kira. I deeply care about her happiness. I want her to be well. She suffered so much. She had a tough life. Tough and, life. You know, I, I don't care about you. I care about the character. You, uh, totally. You, you can get on the airplane and leave. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but Major Kira did. She did. Yeah. And it was, it was undiagnosed at the time we were filming. But when I look back, uh, from what I know about uh, post-traumatic stress... That's exactly, of course. She just, it was wartime. She was uh, a fighter on the ground. Uh, She had classic symptoms. She trusted nobody. She had fears, didn't eat well. You know, all these classic symptoms. Uh, And you can see through the seven years, her getting better and better from being in a relatively safe environment. And also had the responsibility of being really the top representative of her people to the Federation. I mean, and then, of course, working side by side by someone that she also thought was a god. So Right. (laughs) That had to make it difficult. A little complicated Very, very complicated life. Um, So, um, you know, it's funny. I, I don't think now, although maybe in a few years, but I think if the show were now, I think that it would be very difficult... I don't think they would allow Kira's character because she presented herself as a freedom fighter. And, of course, the Cardassians referred to her as a terrorist. Right. And that word uh, didn't mean as much to American audiences in the middle 90s. And I wonder, um, you know, what you think. How, how would that have been? Would that have been a little bit? Would you have played it a little bit differently years later, you know, after 2001? One of the most important things about acting is that you absolutely cannot have judgment uh, for your character. Mm. You have to be inside and understand that they are doing the best they can and doing what they believe. So uh, I would not have played her any differently. But I've thought of that myself, that if the show were done today, would would she be on it? I'm not sure. I think not. But it makes it really interesting to you know, it's interesting times to be looking at this character. Right. We didn't realize it in the '90s that this was something that would have ruffled feathers just a few years down the line. Right? Maybe. Right. Um, I think now it could have, but five years ago, not. Or like maybe three years from now, yes. I mean, it's it's it, you know, it's a weird. Well, maybe actually now things are getting worse. I mean, it's hard to know. But um, it's hard to know. But yeah, 
It's, no. It's gray, just like Deep Space Nine. <laughs> there is so much gray, right? There really is. Yeah. There really is. I mean, that must make you proud that, um, you know, w- when you come to conventions like this, and I saw you before, you're not one to shy away. I mean, when the fans want to talk to you, you're ready to give them hugs and take pictures. And uh, when, when you come to these conventions, people do start discussing Star Trek and... Some of the fans just want to talk about, you know, the minutia, like the, you know, the, the flubs or the lettering on the... Fewer than you think. Right, but there are some. But right? there are some, but right. very, very yeah. few. People want to talk about the deep philosophical uh, issues at play, and much of that stems from Deep Space Nine, I think more than the others. I mean, it is a rich, meaty text from which to discuss heavy themes. Absolutely. Which I think might have been a surprise when you first got the call to audition for what was just the next Star Trek, you had probably had no idea this is going to be to some, you know, a conversation that's going to last decades and late into the night. Well, what I'm glad about is that when I read the scene that they wanted me to audition with, I really didn't understand that it was Star Trek. I certainly didn't understand that it was a series. I was doing three or four auditions a day back then. Mm. So I would, you know, pack my car with the clothes that I needed to change into to <laughs> approximate a character and just travel from, you know, studio to studio. And so the only thing that I was really informed about was this major Kira. Mm. That was it. And I so I was I became so attached so fast that when I learned it was Star Trek, that was like that was that was not high on my list of priorities. You were already thinking about the character and thinking about things you could you could do with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that and and the fact that it ended up 7 years or all yeah. that that was that was kind of incredible. Yeah. Were you much of a Star Trek fan beforehand? Had you dabbled a little bit? I or? watched the original series all the time. Yeah. I when I danced on Broadway, I'd fix my dinner, watch Star Trek. I think it was Channel 11. That's right. Channel. This comes up all the time. People say, I watch it on Channel 11 because we're, we're based out of New York. So You're we right. have a lot of New York people. Saying right. That, so. so that's that was. <clears throat> and it was sometime just before I left for the theater. I'd watch the show and then go do my show. Yeah. So it was like it was like comfy sweat clothes to me. I mean, I, it was comfort. No, I know exactly what you mean, because uh, the, the, the way it looked, the bright colors, I mean, I'm not even talking about the story, just sort of the visual and oral aspects of it, the, the bright colors and the sound effects that are just like always in the background, all these little sound effects. I loved it. Right. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very comforting. And, um, and to another generation, that's your show is to yeah. them. You know, they're watching it. It's so easy now to watch. Star Trek, because it's all available on streaming, you just pick up a boop and you hit it on your TV. Boy, and... I wish I'd had that back in the day, you know? <laughs> That's the way to watch. That's the way to binge watch yeah. it. So, and Deep Space Nine, I think, really benefits from someone being able to watch it on their timing. And, you know, even like... Uh, my husband and I will watch a show one episode a night. Right, right. And that's the way to watch... Some, Deep some, space. Well, I mean, it was so ahead of its time because it was one of the first serialized shows that was not, say, Falcon Crest or something right. like that. It was, um, some argue and say Babylon 5 got there first. No, no, no. It was Deep Space Nine was the one that got there first. I don't, I'm fascinated and, by that story between our two shows. I don't know what the answers are, but it was weird. Let's the, face it. It was a little weird. There were similarities. and there, uh, Like big ones. Right. Right. And, and also there were some Star Trek people on 
Babylon 5, that were old actors that showed up. But be that as it may, um, serialized television was a no-no um, uh, for, for Star Trek. It was anathema to even bring it up. And for right. all shows, other than because it was considered a soap opera. And right. that, was, that was lesser, you know. But my, my theory, and you certainly will know more than me, I've always had the uh, impression that um, at the time that Deep Space Nine was kind of shifting into that serialized mode, there were still uh, TNG films being made. So the, the, the last yeah. two Next Generation movies are being made, and Voyager was starting. Yes. And Voyager had a bit of a troubled start, because I think some of the producers were very, very, very worried about Kate Mulgrew's hair, and they kept changing it. Um, <laughs> So there were a lot of eyeballs on the movies. Hair is the, always important right. in Star Trek. Right. Very there, important. There, well, I, well, yeah, I remember one season you showed up with a new haircut. It's like, oh my God, Major Kira has a new haircut. What's going on? <laughs> so, so there were a lot of eyeballs on the movies and then a lot of eyeballs on Voyager. And Deep Space Nine was doing well enough in the ratings and the budgets were, uh, were you know, not going overboard in the budget. And they sort of took a benign, yeah, yeah, you guys do what you want. We're not worried about you. That's the best. That's the it, best pass you can get. <laughs> <laughs> not too many eyes on you, not yeah. too much interest. And it it allowed us and especially the writers to do what they do so well. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you have too many cooks, it just, it never works out. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask you about the writers because when you had a show with so many great characters and as the show continued, characters that started out as in the background would come into the foreground uh, like uh, like Chase Masterson's character started off as a one-off, and then they brought her back, and the next thing you know, she's an important part of the show, um, and and a number of others. Um, and you had longer seasons back then of television. How many episodes were in a 26 typical? Twenty-six episodes. Twenty-six episodes. Yes. You know, the new Star Trek next year is going to have thirteen. It, it yeah, that's <laughs> literally that's, half. That's human. <laughs> That's human. <laughs> what we were doing was inhuman. Yeah. We all suffered from, um, you, you know, I don't know if you have children, but anyone who does have children, the first two weeks of your child's life, yeah. that kind of sleep deprivation and not really understanding what's day, what's night, yeah. where you are, if you're hungry or not, that's what we were in for seven years. Yeah. It was an exhaustion that you, you can't imagine. And also, I mean, not always shooting. They were, you know, you would, some days it would be you would end one episode, you'd rush right into the next one to the point that it would be a little bit of a blur to you, right? Well, I mean, sometimes we were shooting one episode and we were doing second unit on the episode before. Right. You right. know, we had a lot of second unit shooting. So, it just went on forever, <laughs> forever. Um, so, but with the so with this, you have um, there were certain episodes. There would be like, oh, this one's going to be a little bit more about war. For this one's going to be a little bit more about Quark. And then, as rightly so, there would be the Kira episode that would cycle through. <laughs> if I were in charge, there would all be Kira episodes. <laughs> but um, did, were there certain writers that you knew were like more? kind of in tune with Kira than others, not to d down talk the others, but they would say, oh, I really hope this person is the one that's going to be doing my story in, in this season or, or this half of the season. Were there certain writers that you really, you know... I was really concerned. I remember at a party being with Michael Piller when he was just about to leave the show, and I was so concerned. I felt like you're leaving your, your Kira's keeper out mm. who, who's going to be there for me and he said no you know what it's always been ira oh really yeah no. and uh i 
I just worship the guy. Yeah. He is so talented. And uh, I, I've lo- everything I've seen that he's done, it's huge. And it was true. There was no change when Michael left. Mm, yeah. Kira, Kira's kept kept her her weight i mean with shows like this there often is a writing credit but it is a writer's room and there are oh absolutely all of them all of them were extraordinary i mean that room of writers was extraordinary yeah extremely collaborative process um so uh i wanted to ask you because i do follow you on twitter and i like i mentioned earlier there are some people who when they come to conventions uh they come they do their panel and they and they leave and that's fine that's the way they want to do it but you're mixing it up with the fans i mean why not have fun you're a new york gal you nobody's nobody's tougher than you you're not <laughs> afraid to meet people so le- was it last night or was it two nights two ago? nights ago there was a gay star trek fan meetup is that what this yeah, was yeah i think you have to say it like this Gays in space. <laughs> I think you actually have to, have to say it that way. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Because I saw that there was a drag queen Kira and you side yes. by side. Yes. And you took a picture and you said... That Misty. Yeah. Misty. You said Misty's looking more like me than me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> how did you hook up with this group? Did they just give you a, uh, send you an email and said, will you please come to our party? Or? As many things happen through Twitter, Teklavasi mm-hmm. is uh, an actor. She's in LA and follows me. I follow her. And she said she wanted me to come to this. And it's a, it's a get together. It was so touching. And I was so glad to be there because it's a get together that's been going on at a at a, a I, I think it's a gay bar about seven minutes from the hotel mm-hmm. for seven years. Okay, um, they've been doing this for seven years, and this year because of the inclusion of a gay character in the Star Trek world, yeah. they felt like they were accepted and oh, a man. part. And I wouldn't be surprised if their club finds a room in the hotel next time maybe yeah. I don't know but there was a huge sense of of rejoicing and inclusion that's terrific I'm gonna cry right now that's fantastic um, because I have noticed um, one of my favorite things to do when I'm around uh, in between is just take pictures of people in cosplay mm. and I have been noticing some shirts with the Delta insignia with the rainbow flag this yes. year and I don't think I've seen that in years past no, they were all wearing so, it that night yeah. and it and it's so proudly yeah. and just joyful about yeah. the whole thing um, so I was so does Kira do you think Kira has a special appeal to the gay community over over other characters, or, or is it something about you because you it's, were on Broadway? Is it what's the? Um, <laughs> I mean, how many years did you do? Um, did you do Chicago on Broadway? Uh, was, I, you know, again, I'm bad with linear time, <laughs> but I did Chicago. It seemed like for 30 years, yeah. but I know it can't. But it, I did it in uh, Vegas, in Washington D.C., a couple of other places, uh, and New York. And I moved to New York with my boys to do it. And so it was like a year or something. Okay. Something like that. I just remember seeing posters, pictures of you on the sides of buses in the, you know, rather... Can I tell you how great that was? (laughs) And and surreal to see myself pass on a bus. It's (laughs) It's very weird. Did you ever take one of the buses that you were on... On the outside. Yes. <laughs> I used to, yeah, I used to take my boys to school on the bus and it would be like, Mama, you're on the bus. Yep. 
It's weird. That is Life amazing. can be weird. That is. What was the name of the character? I've seen the movie version of Chicago. I didn't see you in it, unfortunately, to my great shame. What it was? Um, it was Roxy? Right. That's the lead character. Yeah, yeah. This was in the in the film. This was the character played by Renee Zellweger. Zellweger right? That's okay, right. Yeah. Um, Yes, if I get access to one of those time travel. I don't know why I didn't. I think I was broke at the time is really what it was. I wanted you know, to go. And, and I, it's only worse now to try to go to Broadway. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton tickets are $900 now. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Um, why did I bring that up? Oh, so the, the these people from the Gaze in Space group contacted you when I was with outside and you bumped into some of them. Um, d- is, is Kira beloved by this community more so than other characters, do you think? That I can't answer, but I know that I, in, in the, the gay community, I do have uh, followers. And I think it's because she just didn't have that many rules of behavior, mm. of social behavior. Um, she had appetites. She took care of them. Um, there was a fluidity to her, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I can see where she would appeal. She she did think uh, there were a lot of the back in the day. There were a lot of people that was like, oh, she's a lesbian. She's oh. absolutely a lesbian. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> now I don't think anyone would need to define it. Right. Right. Well, in the mirror universe, she was an omnivorous pansexual. Uh, she was pansexual, absolutely. And, and and wearing incredible silver pants that squeaked like you can't believe. <laughs> That was a rubber suit. Oh Lord! That was a rubber suit, and I squeaked. I had to. I had to loop all the dialogue. I was going to say, how did they deal with the dialogue? Everything was looped when I was her. Wait, so you're trying to talk like you're, you're like a dangerous, nasty, badass in those scenes, and you're murdering people, or yes. ordering people to be killed, and as you walk away, it's squeak, squeak, squeak. It so takes away. <laughs> It, it's so demeaning, truly. How, how did how did your uh, how did they not laugh? How did your colleagues not? They're professional actors, is what you're going to tell me. Right? Yeah, you um, know, we got used to it. We just had to go. Well, she's a little squeaky. Right? Right. But, you know. I believe Mirror Universe Kira had um, multiple outfits. Right? She had the one with the headband. Yeah, right? that's the only one I really remember. There, there, there was silver pants. There was the black r- rubber suit, and then there were silver pants. I remember. I don't remember silver pants. Okay, I, I only remember the the squeaky rubber suit. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to send you some photos later because uh, they're see, all online. So. All right. <laughs> I never see these things. Right. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. Cool. Well, listen, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I really want to thank you for coming by. But um, when you're not appearing at conventions, and and for those who are listening and couldn't make it to Vegas. Uh, Nana will be at the New York convention in a few weeks, which yes. is really just around the around the corner. It's yep. on Labor Day, um, and uh, so you can see her then, and, and you can, you'll be doing autograph signings yep. and things like that. I'll also be at Cherry Hill, New Jersey, at the Whoa. end of the month. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, yep. which is not far from New York and very close to Philly. Yep. Um, so if you want to zoom in, if you can't make the New York convention, do Cherry Hill. And there's something happening in England. Are you coming to that one also? Or I haven't been invited. Oh. If I was, I'd go. I love, I love uh, going to England. Okay. Well, the, I'm sure the invite just got lost in the mail. <laughs> but you're also working on other things. You are in the process of writing. You've been doing theater your whole life, really. Yes. 
you're writing a play. Which is the most humbling, amazing experience. Um, I just had a reading. Ethan Phillips was at my reading. Isn't I know that, that guy. Yeah. yeah. He was here yesterday. Yeah. I invited him because he'd be wonderful in one of the roles. Uh, I wrote a play called Bardo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Austin Pendleton and a, an amazing uh, New York actor named Isabel Keating were my... Uh, two leads oh wow well austin pendleton is a legend i mean from he's been in uh he's been doing theater forever he runs a theater company and he was also in the muppet movie yeah come on what i mean i couldn't do better than that no way and it was wonderful (coughs) excuse me while i cough um bardo that is italian for it's actually tibetan for the uh space of time between death and rebirth Oh, so mm-hmm. this is about uh, heavy themes then. Uh, it, but it's bizarrely completely a comedy, which I didn't set out to do, but it became a, a comedy. So this is something that is in development and you're looking for, you're finding financing and eventually this will be on in New York, hopefully. And- once, I, once I get it um, to, to a good place, which is probably a couple of rewrites away, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do it in New York. I'd love to do it off-Broadway. Is there a part for yourself in there? uh, I wrote myself out. Even I won't give me a job, (laughs) for God's sakes. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's your call. Maybe if you say you're doing a rewrite, a a quick quick cameo. Just a quick cameo in there. Yeah. You know, now uh, you mentioned this theme, Bardo. There was a movie that came out last year that Laurie Anderson did. Wow, really? Uh, called Heart of a Dog. I think it's called Heart of the Dog or Heart of a Dog. Heart of a Dog, I think. And it's about the Bardo. That's why I, I just, for some reason, I thought it was Italian, but it's about the death of her dog. But it's really about the death of her husband, Lou Reed, but it's about the dog. Um, and it's about, yeah, this came out not long ago, like six months ago or so. Yes, I remember um, seeing and that. And it, it would. I, but I don't know if I would recommend for you to see it because it might influence the, the rewrites you're doing now, but you should certainly see it because it's... Um... No, and, and definitely not because uh, it also involves a pet. Bizarrely. Oh. Bizarrely. Yeah. When you're done, when uh, it's locked I'm, up... I'm going to watch it. And then watch it. It'll be top of your Netflix queue after. Yep. Uh, it's a good film. It's very sad, but um, it's based on a show that she did at Brooklyn Academy of Music and they adapted it into a film and it's half documentary, half not documentary. Mm. Involves she's some amazing. Animation. Yes, she's a very talented woman. Uh, she really is. And um, I met her actually. Oh, wow. Um, I did an interview for of her uh, for uh, one of the, uh, for Vanity Fair actually. And, um, you know, I do interviews all the time. I'm interviewing you. I'm in a bland, ugly room, right? So it was like, oh, you're going to interview Laura Anderson? I'm like, great. I'm like, what bland, ugly room are we going to meet in? She goes, oh, just go to her house. And um, oh, how fun. it's the same apartment she's lived in since she first came to New York. And she was known for having, like, raucous parties, you know? In fact, Lou Reed even wrote a song about her parties on, in her giant loft on Canal Street overlooking oh, the water. God. So I try to be very professional. With you, I've been very professional this whole afternoon, right? Yes. When I'm there, I'm just like... All I want to do is just snoop around her stuff. Oh, come on. You know, the walls, the stacks, the bookcases all have just stuff everywhere from 
her entire career and uh, pictures of her and Lou Reed on the Great Wall of China and all kinds of things. And if uh, those walls could talk. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. But um, I handled myself very well. And uh, that was uh, at the end of last year. So the movie's out there. So people listening that want to get sort of a preamble for Nana's new uh, play, you can watch this film and then you can know both sides. So, Absolutely. And in the meantime, keep rewatching Deep Space Nine on Netflix and more importantly, CBS All Access. And that way you can further delve into the philosophical ramifications. And when you come meet her at a convention, you can bring up these finer points of uh, introspection and erudite discussion. How does that sound? It sounds very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Nana, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. You've long been one of my favorites. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Me too. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. Everybody's talking about The Bone Labyrinth, the latest Sigma Force novel by James Rollins. People, people won't shut up about it everywhere I go. I haven't read it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to because uh, everywhere I go, it's Bone Labyrinth this, Bone Labyrinth that. Let me tell you, from what I hear, The Bone Labyrinth is, um, is really terrific. It's the latest in the Sigma Force Series, You know, I love Star Trek, so I love a deep mythos. I don't know about you. And uh, the Sigma Force books are by this fellow, James Rollins. And James Rollins has written a bunch of them. They're all set within uh, the DARPA program. So they've got, like, cool tech, and it's like a thriller. And this new one has something to do with, like, DNA reconfiguration. And um, I even heard... That, uh, you know, Brad Thor, who's like a big shot writer, says uh, that this is James Rollins' best. So, um, what the heck? I'm going to go, and I don't think you need to read the other Sigma Force novels first. I think specifically this is a good one to jump into. So, uh, according to what I hear, uh, it's a mystery that will leave readers changed forever. I could use a change. Not too much change. I'm pretty happy with the way things are, but a little change is good. So, I'm going to pick up. Brad Thor, uh, no, uh, James Rollins, Bone Labyrinth, uh, at a uh, at uh, wherever books are sold. So, wherever books are sold, yeah. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. Welcome back to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. You are, after all, irrational. Okay, so we're back. And um, one of the coolest things that I've seen at one of the Star Trek conventions ever, um, I just witnessed in the main merch room, a vendor room, whatever you want to call it, is a huge display from MAC Cosmetics. And I will be honest, I, I don't really know too much about cosmetics. That's, I'm, I'm an au natural <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> But um, no, you look fantastic. I, I know would, there's some blush on there somewhere. I would, right? yeah, I'm open to all sorts of uh, forms of expression, and uh, <laughs> what I saw out there was really amazing. So I'm going to try to paint a picture with words, and then I'm going to introduce Ashley Rudder, who is the senior uh, makeup artist, for senior Mac. makeup artist for Mac for all for North America. For North America, yes. Who's the senior makeup artist for Mac in Europe, and how do we take them out? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we could talk about that hit in a little bit. They're amazing. They're my friends. So please don't. Friends. No. Please don't take them out. No, but I'm in world dominion for you, Ashley. Enough of that. That's awesome. Okay, so Mac is, where are they based? What's the, what is Mac's story? Give me a little bit of the corporate, the thumbnail version. How long has Mac been around? They've been around for 30 plus years. They started in Toronto awesome name of a word of mouth type of brand it started off just being geared towards professionals but slowly but surely it took off and now it's for professionals it's for everyone and that's like our our whole mantra which is all ages all races all sexes which i think is also why it's kind of perfect for star trek because it's i was just gonna say it's it's all about equality almost perfect so there is. is there is a big brand alignment with um with mac and star trek and yes. and I mean, look, these are you know these corporate deals. It's like oh, so they're making uh, ketchup with Tabasco sauce now. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. There there's business people involved sure. in the signing of legal documents, but sometimes two brands come together and, and for the good of humanity, right. create a product that's really nifty. True story. And so the, the product line that you're launching is is very soon. It's in early September. Yes. So here at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, as I alluded to a moment ago, there is a giant. Um, uh, it's almost like a like a, a world's fair exhibit. So I'm going to try to explain it in words. It's a, it's around. It's like the saucer of the Enterprise. Yes. And in fact, you were just telling me that if we could view it from space or from a helicopter or just get a very tall ladder, it right. does have the get enter- your drones. <laughs> does, get your drones out. It does have the Enterprise. Uh, Insignias, and still, and yes, yeah. it has. I mean, they really pulled out all the stops. Yeah. Our execs that were in charge of the design of it got, had had access to the archives of Star Trek, so they were able to analyze all of the areas, every last detail, and I think they did an incredible job. For advanced, sure. advanced telemetry. Um, <laughs> so it's it's divided into three sections. Uh, the first section um, is uh, original series yes. transporter room. Yes, it is. And what I just witnessed just then, uh, I saw, there was a little show. It mm-hmm. was uh, a woman dressed as Uhura yes. uh, singing, not lip syncing, singing, singing yes. the song from Charlie X. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by her side was uh, a man dressed as Spock playing yes. the Vulcan lyre. Yes. Um, I think that made have been, might have been lip. Uh, that was. That was air, air band. Ooh, but, yeah, secrets. No, it's fine. Yes. It's fine. Not very few people are trained in the <laughs> in Vulcan the, lyre. <laughs> and there was also a woman dressed as an Orion just sort of lounging about. Yes, yeah, she is. Because she actually performs as well. She, she, that, oh. that's, that is also her stage. But okay. she wasn't performing at the time. Oh. But she actually does dance. Well, so I'll be back. You, you should, as you should be. Because it is something to behold. And then uh, if you go around, there is a 10 forward uh, uh, stage. Yes. And I saw a woman that looked an awful lot like Counselor Troy and yes. a gentleman that looked an awful lot like Data. Yes. And then there was the Mac product that was there for yes. people to shop around. And then on the other side, there was what looked like uh, the uh, en- engineering room engineering. from Voyager. Exactly. And standing above it all like a falcon looking at every every aspect of it was seven of nine yeah, she is. but i approached her and i asked her i was very, very bold there was like a lot of guys staring at her mm-hmm. and i'm like everybody wants to talk to her but so i'm yeah, like i'm just amazing. gonna go up so i'm right. like look at hey. you i just said hey seven of nine can i take a picture with you and she said of course and so i said uh, i was about to ask some schmo to, to take it for me but she um I just said, I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll use, I'll do a selfie. And I just, I held out uh-huh. the, the camera and she said, that is very efficient of you to do it yourself. <laughs> so I'm, nice. like, I'm like, I got praised by seven of nine. <gasps> That's such a good selfie. <laughs> so there and you, you go. See, and she has perfect selfie face because it's not a smile, but no, you know, no, she's but so she, gorgeous. You so, can you know. see though that she's 
laughing on the inside, either laughing at me or just... She's smizing. Over, yeah, she's smizing. She's thinking, oh, what the hell did I get into today? No, she's saying this is so much fun to meet the fans. Yeah, she she loves it. Our our actress that is playing 7-9 is so totally devoted, has watched almost every episode with her in it and is like... That's a lot. Wait, that's... That's a lot. Like, she spent... Yeah, she spent a lot of time. A lot of time. Like, we... Four seasons of television. We literally have been working on this forever. Yeah. And so, so, yeah. So, they're they're doing an excellent, excellent job. Yeah, so you didn't just... Get models that like oh you're you're no. blonde and 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 fit and willing to wear a silver cat suit right now you said no we have to find somebody who is going to portray seven yes. to nine at these events because you did San Diego Comic Con yes. you're doing this and yes. you're going to be traveling mm-hmm. around but at the end of the day what you are doing is you have presented a new line of cosmetics for for well for women but for men for whoever the hell for wants anyone. to wear them yes tell us a little bit about what these are and how are they Star Trek how is lipstick Star Trek vis a vis any old lipstick. I mean, I'm, as a guy who doesn't often buy makeup, uh-huh. tell me what it is that's special about the, this it's line. An incredible question because that's what most people, that's been the beautiful marriage of what's happened here is that there are so many people that are Star Trek but not Mac customers and Mac customers who may not be as familiar with Star Trek. But it's yeah. all about celebrating the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and the four most, I think we think, most influential looks that were um, represented on Star Trek, uh, women of Star Trek. So that's why we have a, um, a collection that kind of is geared toward Uhura and all of her gorgeous gold lips and those highlights and those liners that look so beautiful on her. And of course, Seven of Nine, who just has like this 90s kind of supermodel glam moment when it when you want to relate it to makeup. So Deanna has her moment. We have Vina, Girl from Orion. Like they all have bits and pieces from this collection that they're wearing on stage now. Right. But it's just all about almost you taking home a little bit of that because no matter what species you are, everyone sees something beautiful about those about those four. Mm. And you probably want to take a little bit of that home for yourself. So I think rather than it being full cosplay, even though you can go full cosplay with some of these products, like yeah. it is kind of taking it into a more wearable moment. And you can have your fandom. And if you just love the insignia... It has all this gorgeous special uh, limited edition packaging That's on the outside, and yeah, it's, it's probably not just a typical blush container. No, it's it looks not. Nifty, it's yeah. gorgeous. It has like the 50 year anniversary insignia on it, all in chrome, and then the boxes are like black on black with all of this multi dimensional like matte black and and super patent leather black all on the on the packaging on the outside. So whether you open it or you don't, it is definitely something to be proud of to own and just even to look at because we have it all displayed here. And it's been just really cool to watch everyone kind of be drawn into it, be yeah. it that they had a favorite character or that they want to go into the transporter room and like have a, have a GIF made of right. transporting, which is so awesome. But um, we kind of have something for everyone over here. Well, I think I would, I would be down for a, a Seven of Nine style makeover. I mean, I would imagine cool. it's sort of a silvery chrome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, emphasizes the eyes probably because totally. she had the... Uh, ocular uh, you know implants around there yes. and, and even though she couldn't have them removed she can still rock you know a really gorgeous silver liner because we have these beautiful metallic liquid liners so again even though you may not have an ocular piece around your own mm. eye you may not be Borg transformed <laughs> You could take a bit of the Borg with you by putting on some silver eyeliner. Right. Which has been fun. I mean, that has been like some of the coolest parts about doing makeup at these events is that 
we can have. I mean, I'm I am a mild Trekkie. I can't say that I'm you're, hardcore. You're but I'm a good game so far. Am I? Oh, yeah, okay, you're doing okay. Deal. So yeah. um, I'm not embarrassing myself. No. I, I've been a little nervous because it's like I don't want to overstep right. and like come off <laughs> like I know everything. But I have enjoyed the series so much. Yeah. And um, so yeah, that's having those conversations and tying it into makeup and yeah. just addressing regular stuff that people you know, want to talk about. But to emphasize, this is not just for cosplay, and it's no. not just for Halloween or when you want to pretend to be Deanna. Troy, exactly. these are you. Uh, someone could incorporate this into their daily regimen, or if they're doing a special night out on the town, if Completely. they're going out to a weekend in Riza and they want to, you know, really dress up, this is good for that as well. It's absolutely that because we we're doing complete beauty makeups, we're doing cosplay makeups, but that, that's the fun thing about it is that you can take this one particular highlighter, they're called Trip the Light Fantastic Powders, and they're this incredible formulation that is totally multidimensional, and it looks intergalactic, but if you use a soft brush, you could wear it to work. But if you use something, a different brush, you it should be a night for the ta- on the town, because we can really show you kind of how to flex it up and down, and see, you know have good diversity with how you can wear it. Awesome. So tell people where they can go. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, videos of, of sort of demonstrations and 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 where where is that all on the Mac website or are yes, there, where, there are, what's the I best mean, place to go? If you want to see, um, I think we, there's there's some features on all of our social media platforms on Snap on uh, on Snapchat. There's been things on Instagram. There is going to be a full blown moment on the MacCosmetics.com website when it's closer to September 1st. Usually about a week before. Okay. Um, don't hold me to it. They usually launch things online. Yeah. And uh, of course. Star Trek.com, which we've been really proud of, has featured a quite a bit of like what we've been doing. Okay. And so it's pretty it's been great. Cool. All right. So there's a lot of uh and it, obviously the different, you know, there's the, the, the there's the blow the bank stuff, there's the I'm on a budget stuff, there's yes, the there in is. between. I mean I, I mean the, honestly to blow the bank would be to purchase the entire collection. Like that's what people have been doing to blow the bank. But I mean we have lip glasses that are which is lip gloss is seventeen dollars. Mm. It's totally achievable. I mean I think it's within reach. I yeah. mean trust me I've was there some Vulcan things that I was looking at earlier that were like $200 and I'm like, ah, that's a little bit of a reach. My husband probably would be like, what's happening? But a lip gloss, come on, that's totally doable. I think so, I think so, absolutely. I mean, bring home a triple and <laughs> a MAC lip gloss and you're good. I think that's good. <laughs> um, awesome, so uh, just to, before we wrap up, um, you were at San Diego Comic-Con a few weeks ago and mm. this is day one of the Trek convention, but what have been some of the responses from fans that have surprised you so far if any uh, the cheering i've uh, i've been really impressed because i know the star trek fans they hold they have a very uh, they hold people to a higher standard. Some they of ex- us can be really annoying. No, <laughs> never, never, never. Some of I- us are horrible. <laughs> Some of us are wonderful. Most of us are wonderful. I have had nothing but awesome experiences oh, okay, and like good, just to good, see good. people in every form of costume being in awe of vena dancing and saying oh what her moves are spectacular. And like, rather than hearing like, I didn't know Orion slaves could do that. I'm like, well, they can, and she's doing it. And it's it's amazing. It's been really cool to see it and seeing people wanting to take photos. And it just lets us know that we're, we did a pretty good job. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, listen, so September 2nd, it's available and um, there are going to be videos flying around all over the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And if people have questions, they can uh, tweet at Mac or uh, what's the best way if they say, I don't know what to uh, do. Oh yeah. You can, uh, look up our hashtag it's Mac Star Trek 
Awesome. And MAC. It's it's not M- MACK. It's exactly. MAC. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying because it is yeah. MAC. So yeah. makeup art cosmetics oh, is what it stands I for. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ashley. I You're really so appreciate welcome. coming by. And we will, I'm going to head back in there and make sure yeah. I catch uh, the, ne- the, next, uh, the next show. All right. So that's what we got this week. Uh, thanks for listening to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. My name is Jordan Hoffman. Remember to tweet at me at at Hoffman. Remember to go to Facebook.com slash Engage the Official Star Trek Podcast where you can um, interact with me via, you can leave a message on the wall. You can send me a message directly. I respond to 92% of those messages. And um, there's also stuff going up on that Facebook page, uh, pictures and behind the scenes. We could, I could do better with that. I personally take responsibility for being a little lax on that, uh, but we're going to get more behind-the-scenes stuff up on that Facebook page. And uh, you, if you are on iTunes, I know people listen on all sorts of different um, platforms, but whichever platform you use, remember to hit subscribe, and remember to uh, leave a comment, a review, if, uh, if you can, a positive one at that, and upvote the positive ones and banish the negative ones off into the Delta Quadrant and um, we're going to be back next week with more from the conventions How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.